It is just past 18 hours, 31 minutes and 21 seconds East African time. Time for John Sibi Okumu on Wednesday. This being Wednesday, the 2nd of November 2022. Hamjambo Nakaribuni. Hello and welcome. Last month, I went to front my recently published collected plays at the Nairobi International Book Fair. Strange as it may seem, one of the exhibitors was also selling what was described as pure, natural honey in big jars, some of which I was sufficiently enticed to buy. But what kind of honey was it? And where did it come from? And was it indeed pure and natural? How could I tell? I realized that I was, shall we say, knowledge deficient. From my school days, I did remember that honey or nectar was the food of the gods. As for the bees that made it, apart from stinging me once or twice, they had featured in love songs whose lyrics were significant markers of my youth. For example, courtesy of Taj Mahal. Sweeter than a honey bee, yeah, baby been sweet on me. Sweeter than a honey bee, yeah, my queen bee. Oh, she rocked me to my soul. Ooh, she loved me to my soul. Or, how about Van Morrison? She's as sweet as Tupelo honey. She's an angel of the first degree. Just like honey baby from the bee. Now, having proved to you that I'm a bathtub crooner, I must tell you that luck would have it on my side, and I went on to meet someone who has made a living from bees for close to 30 years. He is my guest on this edition. At first, he will just be Honey Man or Buana Asali. So, Buana Asali, by way of entry into our conversation, please listen to Wanainchi's responses to the question, what does the word honey bring to your mind? J, unafikiria nini ukisikia jina Asali? ndio mali yetu baringo tunajivunia kama ni dhahabu yetu azali ya baringo especially ya korea maiko msuri sana hakuna kitu tumeongeza ni smart vile inatolewa tu kwa mzinga ni hivyo hivyo honey is the cheapest among all the bee products because bees have got six different products and honey is the cheapest even though we sell peanut butter customers would ask you peanut butter what else do you have do you have honey you know these are complementary products they complement each other someone will use peanut butter with honey we we'll use peanut butter on bread and honey in tea so people would ask for it so when i said the very first question of course is do you think i sing delightfully well, John, I think you're becoming a a, a superstar now. <laughs> well, um, I'll take that as a compliment and uh, move sideways to the music business. But um, honey is our topic for today. I'd just like to hear, first of all, your responses to that, uh, the responses you heard. What was your gut reaction? Well, John, the first uh, reaction that I have is... Um, 
when you talk about honey in Kenya, and uh, like even when I started to do honey in Kenya, um, you're always taken to Baringo, to Kitui, to Tharaka Nithi. These are the places that um, it is supposed to be the the place where honey comes from. But um, I'll save that for a bit on a later debate on that later on, because it's it's quite a, a, a tricky debate about a baringo. Okay, and then you heard the the fact that honey was the cheapest of all the possible uh, manifestations of uh, bee products. Yes, I'll 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 go with that, um, and I will support that very highly because I always talk about that because. Um, while I'm doing my business in Kenya, a lot of people reckon that um, there are more expensive um, products from a beehive. And yes, there are. And honey is the cheapest. And um, I, I can say in, in beekeeping, it, it's probably the easiest product because you've got royal jelly, you've got propolis, you've got a bee venom. And these are very, very um, complicated um, products to to get from the beehive. It, it's another job. I always say it's another job. Honey is the easiest product to produce from the beehive, yes. Well, when I saw I went beyond um, being stung and um, remembering <coughs> wonderful love songs to doing a bit of research myself and discovered to my delight that beekeeping or apiculture is the maintenance of bee colonies commonly in man-made hives by humans. Uh, I discovered that uh, keeping of bees dates back to 10,000 years ago. And uh, in Georgia, the country of Georgia, the East uh, European country of Georgia, as the cradle of beekeeping. But I'd like to, you must be the person to evoke the history of beekeeping in Kenya. What is the historical backstory? Well, John, that's another very complicated story, and it's a long story. But as far as my um, my knowledge of doing beekeeping in this country, um, it, it's 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 we don't actually do beekeeping here. We do a lot of um, hunting and gathering. Um, keeping bees is a science. Keeping bees needs management. Uh, you have to understand very many things, the environment, the kind of beehive must be of very high professionally made. And so so it's quite a it's quite a, a technology. And yes, beekeeping has been done. Well, when we say beekeeping, it has been done for thousands of years in, in eastern central Africa. If I may interrupt, though, um, we've got things like um, we're Kenyan. We know that um, at some point there was the introduction of tea. And therefore, tea is grown in Caricho. There was the introduction of coffee. And uh, so these make us famous on the world market. If honey is a good thing, how comes you're talking about hunter-gathering? Good question. Um, oh, good. So you like that, all my questions. That, that's that a good question. It, yes, yeah, okay. It's a good question because it fits with what I've, what I've been thinking in all my days from when I started doing this honey, because I've always wondered, why has honey in Kenya not been commercialized? Why is it just a, a by-the-way product? Why are we not producing 
volumes of honey? Why are we not exporting honey? Why are we um, a net importer of honey in this country? These are the questions I keep on asking myself. And I asked myself this question when I started doing this job because it got a bit complicated because I wanted to export honey out of this country and I just couldn't get the qualities that were um, that could fit into the world market. So I started asking myself, why is this not, why is milk and dairy so well developed in this country? Beef products, uh, coffee, like, like you just said, John, coffee, um, 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 tea. Why is this industry not developed? And do you know, John, I really, I really zeroed down onto a very funny um, thing that took me back to the colonials. Beekeeping was never supported by colonials. They didn't drive it. They just, they didn't bother with it. I mean, it was left to Kambani, to Taraka, dry areas. And, and, and also beekeeping has, honey production has always been related to dry areas. Now that, it doesn't work like that because honey is produced from flowers. Flowers come when it rains. If there's no flowers, there's no bee, there's no honey. So that is the way I took it, John, and I still, and I think, and I uh, think about it quite quite uh, a lot now, now that, yeah, it's it's something that, it needs to be developed, and it's not developed yet. So, well, that's uh, I remember again the, the the traditional setup from week to week. The little story about uh, my experience at the book fair. It seems to me that there are people who are managing, I dare say, like yourself, to put honey in jars and sell it, and then you're saying this is not commercial. For me, that's a contradiction in terms. Yeah, because when I talk about commercial, I'm talking about, you know, when you, look, when you go to, um, for instance, if you walk into Carrefour now. Yes. And I walked in there yesterday on Sunday. And Carrefour is bringing honey from Iran. Now, why should Carrefour bring honey from Iran when we've got perfect environment? We've got the perfect scenario to do this. Why are we not doing it? Simple question is, we don't have the volumes. We cannot service Kafu, Nakuma, um, Tuskies. We can't. We can't. We can't service them because we don't. The product is not there. Should, should we go back one and, and think about the individual in this beginning of our conversation, Wanasali? And is why is honey good for us? Because there's again there's this perennial debate between honey versus sugar. Uh, coffee versus tea. People will say to you, "Taine and caffeine, they're all the same. They're all doing you some kind of harm. So maybe we shouldn't be producing honey because it's of no value to us. I think, John, if you just think back when Corona came to Kenya, honey, it boomed out of, this, out, out of the world because honey was used in dawa. Now, there's some of these coffee shops in Kenya that are selling more dawa than coffee. And this is because they're, they're selling this dawa with honey. So honey now, and in Africa, honey is a medicine. 
not only is it a sweetener, but it is a medicine. And during Corona, corona time, the honey was, it, it was, we couldn't keep up with it. It was just crazy. Okay? And, and am I right in saying that in, in certain spiritual beliefs that, for example, in the Quran, there is a, a specific mention of honey and the Bible will talk about the land of milk and honey, suggesting that once you get to the land of milk and honey and for the Muslim, if you have, it's, it's an integral part of your household. I should be able to walk into any Muslim household and find honey therein. I guess you will. because so I'm, I'm saying this is an important thing and we've taken 60 years and in the same breath, uh, we've got people will come back after a break. But I, when we come back after a break, uh, we've had uh, campaign promises of people saying um, rear snakes and sell their poison for serum, uh, uh, have a bunch of hyenas and sell their testicles to the Chinese for millions of dollars. How comes we haven't said rear bees for profit? And we'll come back after the break and you can go for that one. Sally, again, a heads up as to the way my mind is thinking. I'm going to hit you over the next 45 minutes or so with some key words. I'm going to say to you, honey and food production, what do you think? Honey and conservation, which is all the rage topic of the moment. I'm going to say to you, honey and income generation. Uh, and of course, I'm going to talk to you about honey and the future. But now that we've come back, Let's go back to this idea of honey and income generation because we could do that with snakes. We could do that with hyenas. What could we do with bees? Well, John, we can do very many things with bees. First of all, we should be doing what the Western world does is use bees for pollination. That is a business. It's a mega business just using bees for pollination. To explain, assume, let's assume that, um, I don't know what pollination is. Is it something that can be described on radio? Yes, I, I think it can because what you're doing is you're, you've got, you, you've got, for instance, avocado, right? Avocados, which is a, an in thing here now, it's a craze now. So avocados, to be able to fruit set, you bees have to pollinate the flower so that you get the, the male and the female you know, to make the fruit. So you need bees to pollinate. And not only are they doing the fruit set bit of it, but they also make a better fruit. They make a better tasting fruit. And, and, and yeah, you, you get less abortions. So pollination is a very, very key issue to food production. Because if we do not have pollination going on in our crops, in our food crops, we're not going to have food. May I mention the word pesticides? I mean, again, what people, what, uh, 
that you're trying to suggest that I can go around spraying uh, one, you know, flowers headed for uh, the market in the UK and the bees will be happy ingesting all this chemical. Well, now you're going into a, another uh, area because... Do excuse me, it's just the yeah, way my mind, well, the association well, good, of ideas. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like mm. that because, of course, pesticides mm. do not go r- rhyme with bees. Pesticides kill bees. And the whole world is fighting against bees with pesticides. So, okay, as a practitioner, if something... I, I'm sorry, my mind is a very kiddie one. I like to think in kiddie terms and draw pictures. What is the substitute for pesticides which is good? Because obviously they're needed for some reason in the same way that fertilizer increases the productivity of the soil. So you're just saying we go back to the Stone Age times and let the bees have a fun time. And no, produce, no, no. Yeah. no, no, no. I'm not saying that because we need pesticides. We need, we've got doo-doos. We need, <laughs> we need to spray. Lazmat pigedawa. Okay. Like any managing the pesticides, be friendly pesticides, know when, at what time you're spraying these pesticides. Ulisema lazima tutumia dawa, tutumia dawa gani basi? Lakini kuna, kuna dawa tafauti, tafauti. Ah, basi, nieleze? Ah, siwezi kusema saizi, oh. kwa sababu si, siwezi kuifikiria saizi ni dawa gani exactly okay. natumia. Okay, Lakini so we kun, can't be specific. Of course, alafu is... kuna, kuna, then you also have um, organic da- uh, sprays like neem, and all that kind of thing but it needs management you you need to know how you're managing your crops and you need to stop killing bees okay so continue because i cut you short on the whole notion of income generation yes i, I cut see i said you said your pesticides are good but yeah so so, so i've so, just mm. i've just mentioned about pollination pollination yes. mm. is huge business bees for pollination huge business and then of course we've got honey honey is huge business in Kenya because the demand outweighs the supply. Right, can we just go back one because I'm still a bit confused and you're here. You know those lovely songs I sang you, there was always constant reference to the queen bee. Yes. Okay, why is the queen bee such a big deal when (laughs) Van Morrison and Taj Mahal are not singing about them. I think, John, you want to get a bit technical and uh, it it, it gets... Well, it's always interesting to have... it is, it is, it is. Well, it's always interesting to have people like you because uh, as a a teacher, fundamentally and professionally, I seem to think that anything can be explained in a manner that is accessible to the layman. Otherwise, the basic premise is that it's all too complicated. Of course. Yeah, so, okay. So, the queen bee, what what is this queen bee? So, you have a queen bee. So, basically, in a colony of bees, you've got three types of bees. You've got a queen bee, you've got a drone bee, and you've got a worker bee. These are the three types of bees that dwell in in, in the colony. Do continue. Now, the queen bee, her job is to lay eggs. Her co- the queen bee is is to lay eggs to keep this whole machinery going. 60,000 bees. That is the job. If you remove the queen bee from that colony, you've taken the brain off the body so that it dies. It'll not exist anymore. So, And they have to keep, if the queen stops laying or becomes the legevu kidogo, mm-hmm. then they will get rid of that queen and the bees will make another queen. The drones are... The job for the drone, funny enough, John, Mm -hmm. 
The job for the bro- drone is to mate queens. There's no other job. Okay. It doesn't sting. I understand. It doesn't sting. It doesn't collect honey. It cannot even feed itself. So once the mating process is through, they will actually starve the drones and they'll all die. So, and the thing is, that where does honey come in for bees themselves? I mean, we humans go there with our smoky fires and you say hunter-gatherer yes. and gather honey yes. and go and use it for whatever medicinal purposes in our food. A colony could have lots of bees, I presume. Yes. What does honey mean to them? Now, okay, so in the beehive, the bees collect three products. Uh, yeah, three products. So they'll collect honey, they'll collect pollen, and they will collect propolis, okay? Now, the honey is used by the bees, the worker bees, who, by the way, fly themselves to death, going up and down, collecting nectar, collecting pollen. They actually kill themselves. So the honey is energy. That is what they use for energy, sugar, energy. it's, It's their fuel. Yes, that's their fuel. And the pollen, they collect the pollen from the flowers to feed young bees. That's the protein. Okay? And the propolis is now like their dower. So they collect the propolis, they stick cracks if there's any cracks in the cavities. And if there's there's a a foreigner, if like a beetle comes in, they'll cover it with propolis. They'll seal it. It's disinfected. It's, it's cannot transmit any diseases. And, and, and yeah, those are, those are the basic um, products that are produced by bees. So we're going back to the, the, my a takeaway from this particular edition of the program is that if we are to encourage people to uh, produce honey, can it be produced anywhere in Kenya? No. Is this one of the great kickstarters of our economy? No, I think, John, that is, that is, that is where the whole thing is not working. And that's why, going back to your question, why why is honey, why is it not available? Why is it not produced? Hmm. The issue is you cannot do, you cannot rear bees or keep bees where there's no flowers and there's no rain. So you can't do it in asal areas. It just doesn't work. You need to look for places where there are flowers and specific flowers, not all flowers, specific flowers that produce nectar and produce pollen. Those are the major issues of honey production. So it's very, very critical as to where these things are being kept. There are very many places, of course, in Kenya that this can be done. But my take on this is, and I and I preach it very much, is that you cannot keep bees just anywhere. Right? Okay. So is this a good moment for me to bring in the word conservation? Because, again, you've talked about sort of raging growth over the moment. Avocados are the in thing. We've had people on this program talking about soil conservation. We've had people talking about trees and the importance of the environment, climate change. Do And I'm working on the notion that this particular edition is going to be hashtagged bees for life. I think that... that, that, that Explain where bees, 
Bwana Sali come into the now, wh- conservation. Now, wh- when you're talking about conservation, this is a good good topic to talk about because if you look at all the areas that were supposed to be the Asali places in Kenya, the Ukambanis of this world and the Tharakas, they used to grow a lot of, not they grew, but they used to grow. They, they, they were in that area. There was a lot of acacia, specifically acacia mellifera, which used to grow in that area. These trees have been cut down. All, the, all these acacias have been cut down for charcoal because, yeah, we, we need charcoal to cook. But then as soon as you've dismantled that that um, environment, you've dismantled the bee business. Okay? So environment conservation is very key to beekeeping because you need this environment to keep bees. And if you don't have this environment, but you'll only have you're that not envi- have bees. You'll only have that environment in the areas which are welcoming because you said uh, not the whole country fits all. So only some parts of Kenya are going to have a conservation element provided by beekeeping. The rest of us, uh, are we going to have a moment for bees in Wajir, in Turkana? Yes. They're dry. Yes, because we now start. Well, this is what this is what this is what my thoughts take me to, because when you look at the dry areas like uh, northern Kenya, right, and you they have a lot of acacias there. They it grows wild. It's 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 everywhere, but of course those pastoralists they don't do beekeeping. So it's a matter of trying to educate people to do this beekeeping with this very. Um, uh, well, what can I say? It's very seasonal, okay? Because these acacias come into flower during the rains. And if there's no rains, there's no honey. But yes, you can get very big volumes of honey from those dry areas. But it requires some sort of a management, training, skills. Well, you're, you're confusing me yet again in the idea that we talked, we brought in the word commercialization. It's going to be on a huge scale. But the idea is to empower the Mwanainchi, me, if I'm in a in the right area, to do it on my own. Yes. So to do it on my own. But you're trying to suggest that before I do that, I'm going to need. So I'm going to play golf or something. I need clubs. I need a caddy. I need a bag to carry my sticks in. It's too complicated for the individual. Well, 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 well it is to compl- do it properly. It is complicated, mm. and and when you're trying to do these things, these well, can we say modern um, agricultural activities? Yes. They're complicated. And they require management. And they're complicated. But they can be done. The young people in this country are capable of doing this. Absolutely. Okay, we've got two seconds because, again, the link is here. We're having a big debate about the mechanization, for example, in the tea-growing areas so that the hundreds of thousands of people who used to pick tea, all of a sudden some fancy machine is going to come and do it for them. You want machines to produce the honey. No, I don't want machines. I need people and I need education and I need management. I don't need machines. Well, that's a good point to have another break, if we may.
Wana Sali, it's a courtesy for me because you know you're you're the mjuaji when you najua mengi. Could we have you had your say on income generation, or would you add something? Uh yeah, I would add a bit because if we can if we can um, empower the youth in this country and uh, get all these um, young people producing small scale, you know. On 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 a large scale, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say here. So you have uh, a homestead with a couple of hives, and you have 200 homesteads in this area with a couple of hives becomes hundreds of hives. Then that can produce tons of honey. Okay, and this um, 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 goes back to now producing volumes of money. But what we're doing here, we're producing one jerry can of honey and we think this is a lot of honey when it's not. So the idea here is to have many rural folk with small amounts of small numbers of beehives doing it properly and producing then aggregating it and you get big volumes of honey. But you know we're having this conversation when Asali on the assumption that the mwana inchi ndio ataenda kununua asali lakini mwenye anunua asali ni yule mtajiri ambako kwa sasa anako whatever sindio cafe they want say oh uh, please let me not have uh, sugar may i have some honey in my tea that is not my auntie in the yes, village yes. my auntie in the village wants sugar and yes. sugar uh, leads to diabetes and i'm leading you to the idea mwana asali that without you, you can tell people to do all they want to create hives but if people are not educated to feel the benefits of something then they won't adopt it and i set you up by saying you've been in the business for 30 years so you should have some idea if anybody would of how to educate the masses to adopt this as a way of life actually i'm going to take you on that because when you go to your village mm. in busia mm. your mother mm. probably cherishes honey Mm-hmm. she can't get it okay because it's not available okay because it's too expensive which was the the setup for what first comes to mind when we you know because we try to plan these things yes. we probably wanted somebody to say we don't use it because it's, it's too expensive but nobody said that no, but see, now you're saying it's an expensive commodity you see and your mother is taking sugar mm. and she she rightly knows that sugar is not very good for her right But she I would I would argue that it's a, it's a status symbol to have sukari kuna sukari hapa nyumbani kwangu you know I yeah lakini pengine wewe ndio umeleta hiyo makosa because wewe hujamwambia mzazi yako ya kwamba asali ni dawa wacha hii sukari tumia asali okay so my mistake so Let, let's move on my mistake maybe I could be part of the educational process yes Yes, rightly. But the state isn't is there is there because I try to draw people experts like yourself uh, again coming from the background of teaching is that these topics are not part of our syllabi. Our kids are not being taught to appreciate what you're telling me and I'm sure not every single kid in Kenya is now listening to Capital FM 98.4. I wish they were but they aren't. Well, you're just taking me back to the point that mm. um, honey was never 
developed in this country. Right. So again, so it's uh, not uh, on the uh, syllabus. Uh, so it's not on the syllabus. Oh, so is, is this another moment to blame the white man for everything? How long are we as a people going to blame everything I, on our colonizers? No, I disagree with you on that, John. Because I What I, are you disagreeing I, with? I, blaming. I don't, I don't think we should blame anybody. Okay. I, I don't think we should blame anybody. Expand. Because um, computers and um, technology was not there during the colonials. It's come in now. We brought it in. Why didn't we... At that time, when the colonials left here, why didn't we pick up beekeeping and promote it? Simple. We can't blame anybody. We, I think we can only blame ourselves. Okay. I think that's a sufficient answer. But So there's lots to go through. So I just want you to, uh, to be, uh, I want to be uh, structured enough in my own questioning. We're still, we've gone from uh, the idea of, cons- uh, of conservation uh, now we're creating some kind of income, and now we're actually into the business of food production. So, and you're trying to suggest that honey beekeeping can be practiced in tandem alongside other things. Yes, is that what you're saying? Yes, I'm saying that. Yes, yes, yes. Expand. Yes, and I'm saying that any little homestead in the rural area mm. who's growing, uh, let's say, beans, maize. Um, cassava. They need bees to pollinate. Uh, if you go to Kambani, um, this Bazi, you need bees to pollinate that. So let's go back one. I'm trying to follow. There will be regions in Kenya where you may wish to pollinate, but you cannot pollinate because those regions are not good for keeping bees. So poor you, you'll never pollinate, you will starve. Well, how this works, John, is if there is a guy in Ukambani, for instance, in Kitui or Mwingi, who's growing 20 acres or 30 acres of Mbazi, and he wa- or let's say watermelon for that matter, because watermelon is a very good one. Okay, Now, what this guy should be doing, because he's not a bee expert, his job is to grow watermelon, he goes and looks for a beekeeper. And he hires his bees to go and pollinate the crops. And when the flowering season is finished, the crops, the beekeeper takes his bees away. Now, that's how it's done in the Western world. But then you're looking at the Mwanainchi who has maybe half an acre. He's doing some demus there or some machungwa there. He needs to keep a couple of beehives to pollinate his crops. And he'll get better crops. He'll get better yields. You know, but sorry, Bonasali, you're trying to suggest me that this this cannot be replicated everywhere in Kenya. I think that's what my takeaway from you. If you're saying this can happen in Busia County and in Wajir and at the coast, then I'm with you. But there's going to be a sort of uh, nirvana in certain areas of Kenya where we're good for bees, and the rest of us have been cursed by no, celestial you, powers. You just can't. You can't. Grow apples in northern Kenya. No, you cannot. No. So if there's no vegetation and there's no flowers, why do you want to keep bees? But are you suggesting that if gradually you reclaimed, let's say, the Sahara Desert, you reclaimed 
because we're going into the whole idea of, of, of conservation. Yes. If you reclaimed, if you grew the loving acacia, somehow the bees, like elephants <sighs> doing their big migration, would suddenly start heading north and end up. You know, John. Well, I, I'm just trying to. Well, sorry, well, I'm just trying to well, visualize what you're saying to me. Oh, nani peleka mbali sana lakini. The story can go. We can sit here and talk until tomorrow. Yes. I'll give you an example, right? Hmm. I don't I, know. I, I wish to understand. I don't know if you've ever heard of sidra honey. Never ever. Sidra honey is is produced in Yemen by a tree called the sidra tree. Now, Yemen is desert. Okay? Now, if we got this sidra tree and planted it in northeastern province, okay, dry area, desert, we would produce honey called sidra honey, which is, by the way, John, the second most expensive honey in the world. Now, we have that environment, so... We just need to introduce that kind of um, f- that tree here and we can produce honey that is of high value. Now, the other thing is, okay, so the acacia grows in North Kenya, in, 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 in northern Kenya, Wajir, like you're saying, Mandera and all these places. This acacia grows there. So, and, and this acacia produces one of the nicest honeys uh, as, as far as I'm concerned one of the nicest honey in the world. So we do woodlots. If we did woodlots, we would do honey and we would do organized charcoal production from that woodlot. So there are many ways of of, of handling asal dry areas and honey production. So asal, you lost me on asal. Who's he? This is dry areas, okay? Okay, okay. Could you please expand on, on my research on, on saying, you know, different types of, of, of production? And the word that came to my reading, the kind of beehives that you're keeping. So I'm thinking of the whole world. You've talked about uh, Yemen. You've talked about the Western world. We seem to have gone for something called, forgive me if I mispronounce it, it's either Langstroth or Langstroth, Kwakizungu. Okay. What are these hives and yeah. how comes they're the ones we've chosen? Anyway, we haven't chosen that. We just work with those because you've got the log hives, which is the traditional log hives. We've got a Kenya top bar hive, which was promoted here by the government and some aid agencies a long time ago. And then you've got the so-called Langstroth hive. The Langstroth hive, the name Langstroth comes from an American who actually invented the frame hive over 100 years ago. And by the way, we call it the modern hive, which in the rest of the world is not modern. It's a, it's a beehive. But it is a frame hive. It's got frames inside. It's well pungered inside. So when you're removing the honey, you don't go and cut things. You just pull out frames. You put those frames in a machine, a centrifuge machine, and you extract the honey. And it's very clean. There's no lava there's no pollen in that honey it's just pure honey and the comb is recycled taken back to another beehive so the bees can fill it up with honey again so that means it increases your production at the same time i'm now we're talking purity the association of ideas that was in my introduction when you go into a shop 
and you find that there is now we're talking about the honey to buy the you find that some some honey has crystallized for whatever reason it's all little globules and it's become a sort of ball and then beside it you've got pure uh, clear treacly uh, uh, honey coming through so my layman's perception is that the crystallized honey is the one to avoid am i correct that, that you are very correct and i want to i i i'm i'm happy you brought that topic up because it's something that has been dwelling in my mind for maybe 20 years now crystallized honey when you find honey in the sh- in the shop that is crystallized that is actually raw honey okay honey that has not been heated honey that just comes out of the comb into the bottle now people in this country in east africa and in india also because even here we have a lot of problem with the indian community the moment they see that honey crystallized they classify it as sugar okay and that is not the case and if if you look at some of these labels you will see they even write there if the honey crystallizes just put it in a warm bath and it'll come back to normal again but people they classify it as sugar so it's a very very big problem okay the nice honey you're seeing from australia or from britain or arabia is pasteurized now pasteurized pasteurizing honey what it does it actually kills the enzymes because pasteurizing takes honey up to a very high temperature and immediately cools it so it actually i wouldn't say stops the crystallization but i will say it reduces the tendency of crystallization but it's not actually pure honey okay. i hope i hope i've um, uh, okay I've, I've, so so uh, we're just uh, my t-shirt now reads crystallization is good yes it's raw honey i've got it yes so you got raw honey and you got pasteurized honey okay i think um because it's uh, 19 hours 13 we're going to take our last break then i hope you'll forgive another set of lay person's questions Bwana Asali the question of choice let me proceed by analogy i want to buy some wine uh, i've spent some time in my life in france i've been in the vineyards and cut the grapes etc etc so i know the difference between a sauvignon a chardonnay a pinot noir and uh, i so you're an intelligent man you know where i'm going with this what is going to define my choice when i come to honey or how am i going to develop a taste and walk into a supermarket and say i want this type of honey because that's the one that best suits my palate or we haven't got there yet in kenya i don't think john we've got there but you know it's so sad because um 
it's it's a nice question you've put to me about the wine and the connoisseurs of wine. Now, honey is exactly the same as as wine. And there are people, I dare say, to continue, there are people, you know the guys who sort of, uh, there's a fancy word for it, but people who can either smell a wine or taste a wine, and they have all these competitions, and they say, but that, that wine comes from... Yes. Can you do fact, the same with honey? Yes. In fact, I attended a honey tasting ceremony in Italy. Yes. Where everybody brought their honeys from all parts of Italy, and there's all these nice flavors and different smells and different colors. Now, this is the same thing here. And in fact, I always tell people, honey is a very special product. You don't play around with honey. You've got the smells, you've got the flavors, you've got the colors. They're all, you've got to, you, you've got to, it's special. You know what I mean? It's special. It's like wine. And so you don't tamper with honey. Uh, for me, okay, I might be different, but this issue of mixing, you get people mixing ginger with honey and all sorts of flavors. Honey is a very special thing. And it's so special, and that's why it needs to be dealt with in a very delicate way. Even when you harvest it, even when you take it out of the hive, it must be dealt with in a very delicate way. Because it's the same as wine. And, and and I see, John, you're you're quite a wine guy and you understand. Well, you, yeah. you, you can make yeah. that inference yeah. if you so wish. But, yes, but, I do. but yeah. it's special. It's special. Mm. I have the same thing about honey. For me, honey special. I have the flavors that I know. I also know, I've put together over the years a whole, um, um, what can you say? I've, I've kept records of all these flowers that produce these types of honey, nice flavors, different colors. I know them. So let's win in, in this. I've got on, the data. Yeah, on this particular show, we're not into. I mean, publicity for you is you, you're you're a mystery guest because you're you know telling us about the product, not your product. So we're not going to name your no, no, your no. label. But no, no. I'll ask you one thing: Is there a consistency in the honey that you produce? Is no. every single jar the same? No. Ooh. No, I don't, because oh. you've just said, mm. you've just asked the question. Yes, are, I have. Are they different flavors? Are they yeah, yeah. Are they packed in flavors? Right. People don't understand this. And so you, you get into trouble because you might have a batch of acacia honey. And because the acacia tree flowers for maybe three weeks, and then it'll not flower until next year, and you've got this batch, and then this batch finishes... And people are still screaming about this this um, acacia honey. And most of the times, people don't even bother. So you will never see in the shops acacia flavor, eucalyptus flavor, you know? like but you, when I, you but, I, but I will see your label, which I've, I hope I'll grow to know and love. Yes, you will see my label, but, but you will not see the flavor of that honey. And it changes from jar to jar. Yes, it does. And the color changes. Oh, dear. Okay. But I will not... Um, That's not very reassuring. I will not specify this is acacia honey or this is... No, I will not do that because people don't understand. Okay. So um, we've got one... Before we find out who you are, by name, origin, etc., etc., 
We could deal. Have we dealt with the keywords food production? Yes, we have. Have we dealt with conservation? Yes, yes we, we have. have. So uh, training. We must go into training, uh, in the sense uh, that you've been at it for. Maybe a bit of a life story could help us here. How did you gain your knowledge? Well, I I I went to and how and and, and can it be passed on? I went to God's university. Yes, and and it's taken me thirty years to do this, mm. and it's been a rough journey because there is not much information here, so it's just making mistakes and learning as you go. So it's basically learning as you go. But you said, sorry, I'm drawing on what you have said. You said if they harness the harness uh, the the youth dividend, as it's called in conferences everywhere, there's marvelous youth dividend. Show young people how to. Are young people just going to wake up one fine day and become Wana Sally? Because Daddy said, "Go and." Go John, and I don't, I don't know if you really want to go that route, but um, well, I'm asking. If you want me to I'm touch, ask, I'm asking. Yeah, if you want me to touch that route, I will touch that route. Well, I'll tell you why the route of I, I, training, right? I'll tell you why it's it's of a vague interest, because if our if our messianic zeal in every show here is to get our listeners to think about something that they don't necessarily think about every day. Yeah. So today True. we're thinking about bees, we're True. thinking about honey. True. And we've just said we've got unemployment in this country running to the statistics are harrowing. Uh, we have uh, y- young people twiddling their thumbs at marketplaces, bored, they've got nothing to do. So if you were to point a way forward, if I placed my thing in these last 10 minutes or so, what could the future represent to the young with honey as the key word and bees as the key word well, and beekeeping? Well, for me, for me, I would really like to deal with the young generation because when we talk about honey in this country, it's always, it's a mindset. I mean, honey is, by the way, I mean, you do it to the log hive. You put a hive up there and you produce honey. Well, you, you do as a hobby. But if you're going to start making serious money, I mean serious money, you're not going to do it, by the way. You need proper equipment. You need proper training. You need to do it properly. Even for the rural folk, okay? You need to do it properly. But let's, now, be, let's be a bit more pragmatic. You'll say how. Why, why shouldn't I encourage my uh, sons and nephews and, to become chicken farmers and all of a sudden, you know, big, big rack, uh, whenever they have their droppings, they drop onto a thing. You grow little chicklets. That's fine. Yeah, that's and, fine. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, well, let's assume that my children want to get rich quick. The prob- that's the problem. I mean, your kids want to get... You've just mentioned the word. Yes. Your kids want to get rich. They're not going to get rich with some Kenyaji chickens. They're going to want to do broilers. They want to do layers. They want to make money. They want to buy a car. They want to buy a nice mobile phone. They're not going to do that with some Kenyaji chickens. Okay. okay. And that's the same thing with bees. You're not going to do this in a rudimental way. You have to do it properly to make serious money. Okay. And so you need training. You need proper equipment. You need to do it properly. Now, that is a mindset that we need to get out of. And we need to get out of this mindset of bees are just things of the, by the way you if it's done seriously it makes money okay but it we need to get out of that and the best way to get out of this 
is to get into the young generation. People who don't know about this. And so we need to train them. We need to train them. It's the same thing like computers. We train young people on computers. And we get them how to learn how to do computers. You don't t train John C.B. Okumu on computers at 70 years old. No. Right? God but, forbid. But I can train a young guy, a 10-year-old, mm. how to play games on his phone. Yes, you've uh, right? a sensitive, sensitive and, and, and point is, you've raised, and computers is, and 70-year-olds. And, and this is, and this uh, is the I'll same thing. Yes. And this is the same thing with beekeeping for income generation. But serious money, not producing 500 grams and 10 kilos of honey. Time is not on right. our side. I will draw yourself on this whole notion of benchmarking. And again, this is a recurrent theme on this particular program. The idea of benchmarking on the continent. Should we be looking to our brothers and sisters in which country who are leading the way? Let's start off with the East African community. Is Kenya a leader, uh, minuscule as the beekeeping industry might be? Are we leaders or our neighbors Absolutely doing better? Absolutely not. Uh, in fact, all the honey that we're eating in, in Kenya, most of it is from Tanzania. Tanzania are actually quite the leaders in honey right. in East Africa. Okay. So we are nowhere. And they, they, they do have policies that lend themselves to producing a lot of honey? Well, not exactly. Or is it simply because Tanzania is a big country, uh, twice the surface area, three times the number of ethnic groups? Yeah, so they produce more honey. No, I... I, I, I wengi, I don't mean and I wish you call me back on this program because Tanzania is another nice story. Why does Tanzania produce volumes of honey right they don't have modern beekeepers you can't you can't summarize it in a sentence they're doing they're traditional beekeeping right why do they produce so much honey and i actually went there to find out hmm. and i found the reasons why right i have to ask you i have to ask you uh 19 hours 27 minutes we've got three to go who are you well thank what you what is John. your name what is your name my name is ernest simeone Right. I run a company in Nairobi by the name of African Beekeepers. For those who might be confused, you are a Kenyan, born and bred? Uh, I'm a very much Kenyan, John. I think I think we're the same age and I'm quite a Kenyan. Right. I'm older okay. than you. Let's not pull rank anyway. Uh, and I'm like using any, my like beauty any, creams, like but I'm older than you. Like yeah, but bad, okay. bad Kenya too, you know? okay. I mean, I in Nairobi. Uh, yes. Nah, I run a company in Kenya, in Nairobi. Yeah. Right. So uh, we've got time enough for you to say... When did you begin? A little story as to how you began. Can you do that in a minute? How did yes, you begin? I can. Yeah. Yes, I can. I actually, it was uh, this whole thing was brought about by my wife, who found an advert on the paper. Yes. Uh, some Japanese people asking for honey from Kenya. Right. And I thought, bang, this is easy. Go to Kambani, get honey, and export it. Right. Well, I exported my first batch of honey to America in 2013 never exported any more honey. Reason being, supply, the demand outweighs the supply. And I've been doing this all this time, learning and bashing my head, trying to make a living out of this. Thank you. 19 hours, 29 minutes and 16 seconds. We have to stop. 
But do continue to give us feedback, hopefully positive and reassuring, on the Twitter handle at Capital FM Kenya. Or drop us a text or WhatsApp message on 0701-984-984. I've been talking to Ernest, a name we share, Simeone, a professional beekeeper, and you've been listening to John Sibiokumu on Wednesday. Thank you very much for doing that. Until next time.